Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, how lovely are thy... Scoot over, sonny boy. Let old grandma take a whack at that. Well, you better not touch those ivories until they've had a chance to cool down for a while. This is the Pack Brothers Podcast. Here are your hosts, David and Michael. Greetings, salutations, and all that jazz. From sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful, this is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm David Pack, and joining me as always is my identical twin brother, Michael. Yes. Hello out there, all you in podcast land. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, that, uh, we had a little clip there at the beginning from... The Garfield Christmas special, uh, which we'll talk about Christmas specials a little bit later on uh, tonight. But oh, before I get ahead of myself, what is this episode brought to us by? I, g- I guess people want to know about that. Well, this episode is brought to you by Crunchkins. It sounds like you made that up. <laughs> you know, I thought I made it up too. I thought when I walked into the store and I saw Crunchkins that uh, I was hallucinating because it's kind of a rare thing when you <laughs> see a new candy in the candy aisle. And this is by the fine folks at Bazooka, of all people. You might know them for their bubble gum with the jokes and comics on the wrapper. Well, they're, but what these, what Crunchkins are, they're um, dessert-flavored bite-sized poppers. Uh, so basically got a creamy coating on the outside and a light, crunchy center and it's a little three-pack that you get. Uh, well, it's not a three-pack. It's a pack with three different things in it. Uh, three different flavors. Three different flavors, like several of the flavors. I'm not just doing describing it well. It's, <laughs> it's uh, little balls, uh, about, I don't know, 60 or 70 of them in a package. But you get uh, three different flavors in their birthday cake, fudge brownie, and glazed donut. Yeah, now poppers is kind of a weird word. I think jalapeno poppers when I hear that. So I don't know what they're going for with their marketing with that, but I guess they want to connote the the concept that you can pop them in your mouth. They're very small. And uh, the flavors are very intriguing. I think they did a pretty good job capturing the essence of those three flavors. Now, these things, I mean, they're new to me. I Apparently, they're not very new. They rolled out in March uh, to Walmart stores and then 7-Eleven, which I think is where I found them, started to pick them up in June. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't walk down the candy aisle enough. Maybe people are saying, yeah, Crunchkins. Well, you're just not picking up on this. But uh, it was new to me. It said new on the package, so I was happy. And if you all did know about Crunchkins, why haven't you told us? I feel a little bit hurt for trade <laughs> that you kept Crunchkins from me for eight months. Right. If, if so, yeah, we're definitely hurt on that one. Shame on you. But, yeah, the uh, Crunchkins are good. The, I thought the birthday cake, it's got that traditional cake battery type sweet flavor, and I think they like captured not, it well. Not a cake battery. Uh, well, but no, no, <laughs> no, not like a battery, like a double A battery. No, cake batter-esque. There you go. 
I like that better. Batter-esque, batter-ish or something. And, um, and the donut. The donut was impressive. It actually tastes like a donut. I don't know how they did that. Yeah, that kind of sweet, glazed flavor. Some kind of voodoo going on there. Uh, yeah, the, the brownie. Yeah, the brownies taste like chocolate. Not too tough. I'm never gonna, you're never going to get on board with a brownie anyway, I don't think. No. So somebody stepped on a cake and said, here's a brownie. But um, I, I don't know. The, the, the center of them are the least impressive part. It's like they took a, a, a very stale cocoa puff and wrapped it goodness around it. It just tastes like cereal in the middle. Yeah, kind of. But <laughs> even with that ringing endorsement, <laughs> yeah. uh, try them. Try them out. Uh, why not? <laughs> there you go. Why not? <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably, you know, if they have a national ad campaign, that's clearly going to be their tagline. <laughs> Crunchkins. Why not? Yeah, what, are, what are you afraid of? Sweet things? Okay. Let's move on to uh, another disappointing item. <laughs> no, Crunchkins weren't disappointing. No, no. They but weren't that tagline was disappointing. Yeah, the tagline was disappointing. But while it was disappointing, I was all stoked up and I was all excited. I was there ready to watch this Double Dairy Union that came on. I bragged about it to you guys in the last episode. Uh, it's been a while since our last episode. and that's Yeah, the, I holiday times. Very busy. Yeah, I mean, I could apologize and say it won't happen again, but it's going to happen again. But uh, we'll try our best. Yeah, travel for work and just life gets in the way. And this is, you know, not a money-making endeavor. This is a hobby that basically, you know, we enjoy. I don't know if anybody else enjoys it, but <laughs> we see the download numbers, so we know uh, just how popular <laughs> we are. So yeah, we're right. going to crack double digits someday. It's all right. Um I can look back on this when I'm old and listen to it and say, oh, yeah, I did that. You watch a crunchkin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want our teeth. Um, the Double Dairy Union was a debacle. I can't really try to defend it. Uh, I thought, you know, I was an apologist for it at the beginning. I thought, okay, see, look at this. They've put some production values into this. They've got the band back together. They've got Harvey. <laughs> they've got... Um, I can't remember poor girl's name now. <laughs> don't either. Linda, <laughs> Deborah, Susan, Kim. I, I, I don't have know. No idea. Generic blonde lady. Um, she helped with the 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 goo and the glop and the stuff like that. Right. She did basically the glorified cleanup crew. <laughs> right. But she was she the most famous one. Right. The janitor. I feel kind of bad. I don't remember her name. Oh well. Uh, I'm sure she forgives me. <laughs> She's not losing sleep over it. Sorry, dear. Uh, but the the set was terrible. They said it took place in a bar, and I believe them. Yeah, some kind of club or bar. I don't know. And because they just like cleared off a room, it was probably was a dance floor or something. And they did the contest. It felt like it was thrown together at the last minute. Like they didn't know they were going to have to do this until maybe a week out. Right. And the the celebrities they had for this were like from quote unquote celebrities. Some. Nick show from the 90s that I'd never heard of. All that, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you're slightly younger than us, you're probably scandalized that we're talking about your show, quote-unquote, like this, but no. I don't know, yeah, if it was supposed to be all that and a bag of chips, but they <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't say all that and a bag of chips because the bag of chips that were, have been eaten by the cast members <laughs> over the years. Man, alive. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean... Time is is cruel to some people. It doesn't. It does. It plays tricks on you. I'm the last person to talk about weight. I'm sure, because I'm not exactly light. But my goodness, I I remember like one of the kids was from Pete and Pete, which I never watched, but I would like see commercials for it while I was waiting for another show that I liked to come on. And 
Man alive. I mean, Pete ate Pete. Oh, <laughs> that's not very nice. But anyway, back to this show. I'm just, my bitterness is coming out. Uh, they, they had a few physical challenges, but they weren't executed well. And, and they were all like really short, like 20 seconds each. So you really couldn't execute them in time. I mean, I, I don't want to defend this show at all, but was it that much better in the original incarnation that your lauding is amazing? <laughs> well, it's not that it was better, but the, the production values were better. It was on actual set. It, the outfits that the people wore were sort of regulation, and it looked like they were trying to care to put together a TV show. This feels like a money grab for some reason, but they, were, they weren't even charging for anything at Right, yeah, there were no prizes. There was nothing being donated to charity. There was seemed to be no overarching theme for the entire production except, hey, it's been, what, 20? 30. 30? Good grief. Years since we've done Double Dare, so let's try it well, again. Well, since Double Dare premiered. They've done Double Dare since then. That there was a Double Dare 2000, but uh, they haven't done it with like the whole cast with Mark Summers and Harvey and the lady I can't remember. Um for a long time, and that's what I wanted to see. And I thought, well, they'll redeem themselves when it's time to do the obstacle course, the famous obstacle course where you got the nose that you have to pick, and you got the uh, slide you go down, and you got the ringer that you put the person through, and the big hamster wheel. Yes, the one-ton human hamster wheel. And so these were like all classic prizes and so the team won not prizes well not prizes obstacles obstacles and so the team won one of the team won like it was close and so all right all right they're gonna go through it and see how fast they do it great and so they ran through it but then they let the other team run through it and decided whoever team did it fastest won and what i say is what's the point yeah i agree with that now as a little kid the obstacle course was my favorite part. So the whole concept of both people getting to do it and whichever one does it faster wins would have, I think, really appealed to me as a kid. And again, if there's any silver lining to this, the challenges, the obstacles were pretty legit with regards to what they looked like back in the day to what they looked like there. Yeah, they, they were very legit. I mean, I can make complaints. The nose didn't have like Gack in it. They were just like stream streamers or something. It looked like they went to Party City and got <laughs> some green streamers and said, "This yeah. looks like snot. And yeah. This is close enough." Wh why? Why do it that way? Was there some kind of waiver? Did they find that the stuff that they used before was some type of carcinogen or was not <laughs> exactly. safe for use? They were being sued from like all these gacks and stuff like that over the year. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't remember so many gack class action lawsuit against Nickelodeon, but. Because they used, you know, different junk for the other stuff. Yeah, right. whipped cream and chocolate. And right, it wasn't like it was, oh, we can't get dirty because we're quote-unquote celebrities. Uh, it just seems like an unnecessary change. It was bizarre. I don't know. I would have liked to see more obstacles, but again... It was so short. It, it was 30 minutes, and with commercials. And half of it was, let's look back at a montage of what we did years ago. I did enjoy that part, just to see, oh, look, this show used to actually be entertaining. And when they made fun of the prizes that they gave away, that, oh, was, yeah. that was hilarious. The space camp and encyclopedias and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that's true. I can't say it was a terrible show, but oh, it was just... It I was a wasted opportunity. Maybe I had it built up in my head too much. 
I don't know. I, I, well, I know I was looking forward to it too. It wasn't just you, but it certainly wasn't all it was cracked up to be, or what I certainly built it up in my head to be. All right. Enough about that, though. Uh, last episode, we talked about about pizzas and who had the best pizza and things of that nature, and we just had an overwhelming response of people <laughs> writing in <laughs> and saying, no, you're Calling. wrong. I don't oh, know how they got the number. <laughs> yeah, they called. They called us somehow, and were talking to us. Um, not really. But one story that Michael came across this early this week tied in and dovetailed in quite nicely because we were discussing the Noid last week or last episode, and we were thinking, what was his deal? What happened to the Noid? And as if somehow Facebook or whoever was listening to us, and it was, we looked it up, and it's kind of an interesting story, actually. Yeah, I, I was interested in the whole Noid concept just because after the episode, I was thinking, well, what was the purpose of the Noid? And one of the things that bugs me sometimes is when you have an ad campaign with a character or a set of characters, and then the character gets really popular, and so they keep showing up in different advertisements for that product, even when it doesn't make sense for them. And the classic example, which is off the subject, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, is the Capital One commercial that had the... Oh, yeah, they with the, uh, the Visigoths. With the Visigoths, who were... Uh, attacking they were just a horde and they were meant to represent high interest rates right so these high interest rates like other cards come and attack you when the capital one's different exactly but then you start seeing these visigoths or barbarians or vikings whatever you want to call them um start showing up in other commercials where they're just being friendly and they're actually applying for the capital one card so the interest rate was applying for the card <laughs> right, like they, they didn't care anymore about what they were originally for. People just liked seeing people dressed up like Visigoths and doing funny things and saying, what's in your wallet? Right, which is fine, but <laughs> just the whole narrative, if you go back to what they originally intended to do or their, their concept just completely went off the rails. But I digress. Yes, back to the Noid. Back to the Noid. And... I was thinking, well, what was the Noid? We even kind of struggled with the question when we were discussing this during the last episode. And I looked it up, and this was a character that came out that was actually designed for Domino's for an ad campaign in the late 80s. And uh, Will Vinton, whose studio animated the creature, and I'll post the link up to the article that talks about this because it's kind of interesting read if you want to, but I'm going to spoil it, so... It won't be as interesting after you listen to this. But if you want to get the whole story and clips to the commercials, read this article. I'll post it to the website later. But the Noid was described as, quote, a physical manifestation of all the challenges inherent in getting a pizza delivered in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> so basically, if you think about all the things that could happen, like uh, I had some sort of time crunch somewhere or... The just the act of waiting and all these the, things. The pizza gets cold. Yeah, the, it adds up. <laughs> and if it could take the form of anything, it would take the form of this creature with buck teeth and big rabbit ears and big eyes and a red suit. Yeah, and he was called Noid. It was obviously a play on annoyed, 
A-N-N-O-Y-E-D. Because you would be annoyed if your pizza was, it took more than 30 minutes, God forbid, to get your pizza <laughs> to you. Yeah, that's is really the original first world problem, I think, that you could not bear to wait more than 30 minutes for your hot, fresh pizza. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, the Domino's wanted to employ this strategy to, um, you know, and um, encourage their customers to avoid the Noid and to remind their customers that their company's pizzas were Noid-proof. So, uh, yeah, they could stand <laughs> up to the Noid and his uh, hijinks and shenanigans. <laughs> no other pizza company could make that claim. But at the height of his popularity, the Noid endured perhaps the worst mascot PR in history. Because on January 30th, 1989, a man wielding a 357 Magnum revolver stormed into a Domino's in Atlanta, Georgia, and took two employees hostage. He was annoyed. <laughs> he was very annoyed. And that's exactly right. <laughs> because his name was Kenneth Lamar Noyd. Oh, no. He was 22 years old. And uh, he was apparently upset about the change to the mascot. And uh, he, had, he told a police officer that he had an ongoing feud in his mind with the owner of Domino's Pizza about the Nord commercials. He thought the advertisements had specifically been developed to make fun of him. So they specifically created this creature that probably looked nothing like this guy. And yeah. their goal... <laughs> I hope not, unless he had rabbit ears. And, <laughs> and their goal was to make fun of him. That's what he's saying. That's what he was saying. Yeah, and he engaged in a standoff with the police for five hours, all the while ordering his hostages to make him pizzas. <laughs> so he wasn't that annoyed, I guess, with Domino's. No, and he wanted $100,000. He wanted a getaway car, all sorts of things. Some book about Freemasons for no apparent reason. Well, I don't know. That might make exactly perfect sense to this guy. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe. But um, his story doesn't end up too well for him. He was found innocent in court by reason of insanity. <laughs> no, no. Yep, he was a paranoid schizophrenic. He was found to have, quote, acute psychological problems. And he was turned over to the Department of Human Resources and ended up in Georgia's Mental Health Institute, where he spent three months. He was released, but unfortunately, in 95, he was unable to shake the idea that the Domino's ad campaign had intentionally targeted him, and he committed suicide in his Florida apartment. Oh, my goodness. In the great state of Florida. Yeah, very sad. And as you can imagine, Domino's swiftly terminated the Nord campaign after that. So they, they t when he got terminated, the Nord got terminated. Now, see, maybe they were just trying to uh, bug him. And then uh, whenever he, he offed himself, they said, all right, mission accomplished. Let's move on. Yeah, and that there could be a conspiracy theorist that's just rubbing their hands together with excitement based on this statement that you just made. I don't think that that's the case. But uh, certainly a tragic story, but I think somewhat an interesting one. I think that story, stories like that are something that, you know, aren't usually talked about. They're not really, they kind of fall out of the public consciousness. So then there's just this memory of this character. And you wonder, well, why did that character leave? He was very popular. He had a video game based on him. And but now we know why. And now we know why. He just kind of, uh, and that whole tragedy <laughs> happened, and they couldn't continue in good conscience with this Noid character, so they went on to, to bigger and better right. things. Off to the great pizza hut, or Domino's pizza in the sky. Who knows yeah, the Domino's pizza in the sky. Yeah, maybe you like pizza hut. I don't know. They, they weren't against him. Maybe. One thing that we talked about last episode as well was the drone light show 
premiering at Disney Springs going on right now. And yeah. we were um, fortunate enough to head there a little while ago. About a week. And check it out. Yes. And um, we went th- went with a group of friends, and we got to the Disney Springs area where they were showing the lights, uh, the drone light show, uh, just about on time. Um, we only had to wait a few minutes before the performance to begin. Yeah, there was a crowd there, but not like an overbearing crowd. Not like no. I've seen much more crowded places at Disney for like a parade or the fireworks show or something like that. And maybe part of it is it hasn't been well advertised. People didn't even know what was going on. There were people walking by saying, why is everyone standing here? And I explained <laughs> to them why. Right. There was a general level of confusion among the people that were there. Some people knew what was going on. Some people just had that natural inclination that we encounter where you see a line and you just have to join it. You don't even know what you're in line for, but you want to make sure you don't miss it. That's exactly right. So it just started pretty timely, and it's impressive. Uh, they they play Christmas music, and the drones, there are like what, 300 or so drones, right? I believe there's 300 drones. And they twirl around and make like a Christmas tree shape while they're playing a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, it makes a uh, sort of what, a dove in the sky? I think it's a dove, maybe an angel, but some of the pictures online that I saw made it look like more like it was a, a dove. Yeah. And they do this thing with Santa Slay or Nutcracker music. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but it, it was impressive to see. Yeah, I may have to check it out another time to make sure I get it all. And if there's any complaint that I would have about it is it's very short. Oh, my goodness, yes. Well, um, it's about under five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, definitely under five minutes, which I was expecting a little bit more than that. Because I think the drone's batteries can last 30 minutes. And if they want to cut that short by 10 minutes just in case they get a weak battery, okay. But for it to be five minutes or less was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, it's still impressive. I would go see it if you got the chance. I would recommend it. But it won't take much of your time. Exactly. It's not a big time sink. You still have time to go do pretty much whatever you want to do there. Yeah, the springs. Plenty to do, certainly besides that. But I think... uh, you know, compared to some of the other offerings that Disney does with the Fantasmic or the Castle Projection Show or some of the other things that are available at their parks, the Drone Light Show pales a little bit in comparison. But I think it's because you sort of don't know what to expect from these. You've never seen something like this before. If if you were to just see it out of context, just as these things in the sky doing all these different uh, movements synchronized together. If you just kind of step back and appreciate it, it, it is it is impressive, but it can tend to uh, under-impress when you first see it, especially if you build it up in your mind really big. Some of the folks in our group, and, and myself included, were kind of like, oh, wow, hmm, that's it, huh? Right. There's not much to it. And, uh, um, you know, certainly uh, it was underwhelming from a standpoint of a time length, but it was still pretty cool. Yeah, it's, and it's a first step, too. Who knows? Maybe next year it'll be even more impressive. 3,000 to maybe. Yeah, exactly. They can only go up from here. But the main thing we want to talk about this episode is Christmas cartoons. And we had a clip from the beginning, at the beginning of the episode here from the Garfield Christmas special, mm-hmm. which is a good one. But first, just a really short rant that I want to make. <laughs> We're doing a lot of ranting this episode. Yeah, I know. We must be. <laughs> I don't We're know. grumpy. We're grouchy. <laughs> We're the Grinch tonight. Well, I think this is a very Grinch thing that the uh, 
television networks did is what I'm grinching about tonight. Is that a verb? <coughs> it is now. Grinching. <laughs> it is now. This happens on Black Friday, uh, and at night, at 8 o'clock, because it sweeps, everyone wants everyone to watch their network. You can't watch any other network. You've got to watch ABC or no, no, you've got to watch NBC or no, no, you've got to watch CBS. But you had one channel, I think CBS, showing Frosty, the snowman. Yeah, very classic Christmas special. Yeah, followed by Frosty Returns, which is not that classic. Not a special. Classic, no. But across from it, you've got Santa Claus is Coming to Town, a classic Rankin Bass uh, stop motion. Is it Rankin Bass or Rankin Boss? I never can tell. I don't know. RB. <laughs> now I'm thinking Arby's. Mm, um, special. And if that wasn't bad enough, across from it on another station is How the Grinch Stole Christmas cartoon. Classic Chuck Jones animated, Boris Karloff narrated. Dr. Special. Seuss, you know, inspired. And I mean, we live in the age of TiVo, so who cares? But imagine if you were a kid and you had to choose between one of those. Maybe this is a problem only to me, but to, <laughs> but, but to me, it would have been a problem. Uh, I would have been torn between three lovers at this point. Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to say, sorry, Frosty, I won't see you again until next year because I want to see the Grinch. It's not like, you know, we had the luxury of kids today just pull out a DVD or go to YouTube or whatever to, to see this. You, you had one shot a year, and if you didn't take that shot, well... Goodbye, you're done. Yeah, if you were a kid in the 80s, it was one and done. If you were lucky enough to hook up your VCR, then you could record it, but you couldn't record a channel that you weren't watching. It had to be the channel that you were watching until a little bit later. Yeah, then they got the technology to where you could tape another channel from that VCR, but still only one at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you, were, if you wanted to hook, you know, tape two shows, you had to have two VCRs. Just unbelievable. Um, but yeah, was that was a very, I was kind of bummed out of that. Yeah, and uh, I think it was, was it ABC that was showing the Grinch? It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter. But um, they restored it to its full length and acted like they did you a favor. Like, hey, <laughs> we, we, we took out some of the commercials or we extended it to an hour so we could show even more commercials. It's a pet peeve of mine that they took these classic shows these classic Christmas specials, and sometimes they, they cut out scenes in order to make room for more commercials. And right. it's, you know... It's all about the money. It is, and it's particularly egregious when they do it to the Charlie Brown Christmas special <laughs> because <laughs> it's all about commercialism, and then they take scenes out for more commercials. Kind of runs counter the entire message, but there you go. Is that one of your favorite cartoons, you think? I do think that is one of my favorite Christmas specials is the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Uh, it makes me laugh even today. Uh, when I watched it, I watched it. Uh, I had taped it, and I watched it this week, and it made me laugh. The same spots that always make me laugh, I just anticipate, and I laugh when they come up. Yep. I think one up there, I mean, of course, has to be Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm -hmm. I remember just being amazed by it as a kid and loving it and loving the elves and the bumble and... Yukon Cornelius and all these different characters, the Island of the Misfit toys. Yeah, I think it was really neat as a kid because, by and large, 
it was cartoons or live action. And this was a stop motion animation, which you didn't really see a lot of at the time. No, and you don't really today in some ways. Not really. I mean, you see it with some television programs. But some movies, Kubo and the Two Strings, if you haven't seen that, yes. watch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. That's a good example. But it, it, it take, they take a long it time to produce. Yeah. Years. Which is probably why you don't see it anymore. But it gives a very distinctive and impressive, in my opinion, look. Mm -hmm. It does. It's just very different looking. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that is definitely one of the top ones. We mentioned Frosty the Snowman. I think that's a, a classic one, certainly. Uh, pretty much any special that they made from a song, <laughs> which is what we're talking about. You know, we got Frosty, <laughs> Rudolph, Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll always enjoy uh, watching those. And they seem to have good music to them. Uh, it's catchy songs mm -hmm. that you would just, you know, stick in your ears. Uh, yeah, yeah, you think about um, Santa Claus is coming to town. You've got this. Is that the... Uh, no, no, I'm thinking of something else. They're probably thinking of You're Without a Santa Claus. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. You're Without a Santa Claus. You've got the Snow Miser and the Heat Miser song. And yeah, they, they steal the show on that one, I think. Yeah, that's pretty much the, the, the point of that one. But Santa Claus is coming to town is interesting because I think it's only one where the main villain just kind of dies off screen and you never see him again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> fails in his bid to uh, stop toys from being made and just dies. Of right, Meister Burger, Burgermeister. Yeah. He, yeah, he stops all the toys, and then Santa Claus tricks him, and you know he he gets toys to the kids anyway, and then he just kind of you never see him again. He just there's just an illusion that he died off screen and uh -huh. he wasn't replaced. And then uh, of course we have to mention the clip from the beginning, which is uh, the Garfield Christmas special. Kind of an obscure one. I don't think that you show it anymore, but we grew up in the days of. Garfield, 80s, yeah, yeah, Garfield Mania. Garfield. Gar Garfield and Friends on Sunday morning. Uh, Saturday morning, yeah. Yeah, Saturday morning. <laughs> Sunday Saturday morning. morning. Church. Yeah, well, Superbook super sometimes on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, so that's another episode. Yeah, Superbook. The, uh, the Garfield Christmas special, though, was one of those that came out. And there was also a Halloween special. I don't know that there was a Thanksgiving special. I think there was. It doesn't ring a bell, but there probably was. I don't know, but it's funny. The grandma on that uh, show is very funny. That's why we chose that clip at the beginning, because she could never fail to make us laugh. Yeah, as kids, it was always a funny thing. Um, Garfield himself, not that funny, but for some reason, the grandma was funny. Right. The Garfield, um, the comic strips never really were making me slap my knee from humor. Um, no, in fact, there's a website. This one's like the random Garfield generator just takes three different panels from a cartoon and just put it together, and it makes about as much sense as a regular Garfield comic does. Yeah, and Garfield minus Garfield, I think, is one that just removes all Garfield from the comic, <laughs> and it's just John walking around and sounding depressed, which is kind of funny in its own way, but it's kind of a strange view on the thing. <laughs> yes, very strange view. Um, oh, what about the Smurfs? Christmas special. That's kind of obscure. Another but, uh, 80s. Very obscure, I think. I mean, certainly the Smurfs aren't obscure. They're getting another movie. I saw recently a trailer for that. But it was one... It was really strange uh, based on the fact that it wasn't very Christmassy. It was more involved with Gargamel trying to well, this, you have this like weird warlock in it trying to like make fire creatures or something. Yeah, it was really strange. Uh, I mean, Smurfs could be strange at times and could be a little bit trippy, and this was certainly no exception. 
Gargamel actually had to join forces with the Smurfs to stop the uh, the evil villain. Yes, they had to they had to sing the goodness makes the badness go away song. And yeah, the, for some reason that goodness song, I guess maybe the concept of goodness itself was what was enough to kill this uh, warlock or well, m- just monster. The the song was true, and that goodness made the badness go away. Oh well, yeah. I guess I never <laughs> put that together till now. I guess it. I guess you know. They just spoke truth to power, and it <laughs> and it worked for them. I don't know. Uh, apparently so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we could go on and on about some obscure uh, cartoons. Uh, Noel about a sentient ornament, uh, which you know I guess maybe spoke to me because I tend to anthropomorphize things that do not have uh, feelings. Like if I have a bunch of ornaments on a tree and I'm helping mom decorate the tree and I leave an ornament off, I think, oh, that ornament's not going to be happy. It didn't get a chance to be on the tree, which, you know, sounds like something a madman would say. (laughs) uh, Yeah, a little bit. But I do know what you mean. Thinking, you know, this poor little ornament, it sat in the box all year long just waiting for this opportunity to sit on the tree and then look, it's going to miss its turn, it's going to miss its chance, and it's not going to get to sit on the tree. It's going to have a whole year ahead of it. Uh, and that's actually addressed in, in the movie, or in the cartoon, that type of feeling that the ornament has doesn't get huge, so I guess it kind of scarred me in some ways. <laughs> Which probably, by the time it came out, you could have been a little bit beyond the age of being able to be scarred by stuff like that. Yeah, I've, I've never been accused of uh, being too mature in my life, I don't think. <laughs> There's all sorts of obscure specials that uh, we could bring up. There was one, uh, The Bear Who Slept Through Christmas, uh, focusing on Theodore Edward Bear. Ted E. Bear. Ted E. Bear, yes, of Bear Bank. And um, he slept through Christmas. Seems kind of tragic to me. What about Twelve the Night Before Christmas? Uh, I tell you, I don't think of this as being obscure. At least it wasn't obscure when we no, were growing I, up. I, but no, but n- it is now, it seems like. I don't think it's me. You might be able to find it like on ABC Family or Freeform or whatever. Yeah, whatever it's called now, I think that's where you have to find it. I don't even know if it's on YouTube. It, it might be, but it is one that I kind of considered oh, a, a classic. That uh, Albert Mouse is a jerk. He is, yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to put up a uh, an article that I or a, a little blog post that I put together about that cartoon on the website just because you can really dive into that, uh, or at least I can. <laughs> <and that laughs> to an obsessive degree. To a bit of an obsessive degree. I can go to seed on certain subjects, and for some reason that Christmas special is one of them. It really struck a nerve with me. I sat down and watched it and rewatched it and really dove into it. You did a, a thesis on it. To a certain extent, yeah, I wrote entirely too much about it. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> a way to sell it. Well, that's something to look forward to now. <laughs> Unless you really like that thing, and then, oh boy, are you in for a treat. There's also a, there's a Pac-Man Christmas special. Uh, Christmas comes to Pac-Land, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, and if that one is Santa Claus, is he a Pac-shaped thing? I think so. Yeah, because that was the overarching theme of the Pac-Man cartoon, if you didn't know there was a Pac-Man cartoon, by the way, there was. And his real, I guess his antagonists were the ghosts who were always naturally, trying... Naturally. Who were always trying to bite him, I guess. Yeah. Or I don't know how they hurt him. Did they touch him? Did they bite well, him? There's like this chomping thing, and then he would just act like he got the flu or something. He, he would like wither up a little bit, yeah. maybe. 
It was, it was really strange. I mean, it sounds like just a madman's uh, fever dream, but yeah, he would uh, he would just be running around pack land, and everybody was pack shaped, and there were no humans. It was all just pack people. It was an alternate dimension, I guess. Right, not like pack like us, but uh, no, pack. no, they weren't like just a bunch of people that looked like <laughs> us running around. That's <laughs> like a another nightmare. Yeah, like a being John Malkovich, being Michael and David Pack. Uh, what about some really at least in our opinion, or my opinion, some bad Christmas specials. I was never a fan of Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey. Which, you know, it's the same type of uh, stop-motion animation, I believe, that it's same company. Rankin yeah, I think so. Well, so why would you uh, feel differently? But I just think it wasn't in the main rotation growing up, and it just the character seemed stupid. It seemed made up. Right, because... <laughs> Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, <laughs> Nestor, the long-eared donkey. It felt just derivative. Yeah, it's definitely derivative. Now, I catch myself saying it sounded made up as if Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, <laughs> doesn't sound made up. <laughs> that was real. Yeah, the long-eared donkey, that's crazy. But now, uh, <laughs> reindeer with a glowing nose, that's in dime a dozen. Pretty sure th the opposite would be true. I'm sure a donkey could have uh, <laughs> long ears before reindeer's nose is going to glow. Right. Along that same vein of Rankin-Boss specials that just did not quite measure up for one reason or another, I would have to throw in the little drummer boy into that pile. I never even liked the song, so that's probably a strike against it just out from the jump. Probably that's why it's not one of the favorites that uh, you have or, or that I have is just because the song is one that's always annoyed me. And uh, so I wasn't that interested in the uh, Christmas special. Any other obscure ones that I can't think of any or really ones that I don't like off the top of my head? I'm sure there's more of you got the newer ones like Toy Story and Shrek, and mm -hmm. they're fine. Uh, they got what? Prep and Landing or something right, like that. Right, those the elves. Which I guess Disney's have embraced, so I might as well get on board with that. They've got their own little jingle bam show, I guess, at the. Uh, Hollywood Studios going on. Yeah, that's something that they've included in their holiday Christmas activities around the parks. Um, you know, I think that the newer uh, cartoons, uh, you know, it's a mixed bag. Just like when we were kids, some of them are good, some of them are not. Some of them are going to stand the test of time. Some of them already look dated, which is not what you want, but uh, you're going to have that. Yeah, and if there's any that we've forgotten about, just feel free to drop us a line about it or Hit us on the Facebook page or the Twitter, or we got an email. Yep, yep. We can run down through those pack bros. And, and we will at the end here. Yep. Uh, unless we are we at the end? Are we done here? I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I need to say about Christmas specials. Yeah, that's true. I don't don't rush this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but at the same time, I can't think of anything um, that's really earth shattering or worth sharing. So I think I think we're done. Yeah, I think crypto scratching at the door. So that is our cue to let us know that it's time to go. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to help us out, please subscribe on iTunes. We're on iTunes now. Leave a five-star review, and that's a big, big help. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash podcast. P-A-C-K-B-R-O-S podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pack Bros Podcast. And uh, if you've got a question, um, you can email us at packbrospodcast at gmail.com. The website is up and running, www.packbrospodcast.com. You can go there, you can get more content, blog posts, and other items up there very soon. I think 
maybe even something about the Twas the Night Before Christmas, more than you'd ever want to know about it. Yeah, we'll also put up a link to this week's episode or this month's episode, depending on how quickly we do these. And uh, we will have, uh, you know, information about the songs, uh, clips, uh, video clips on YouTube. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, and speaking of uh, songs, the next episode, that's what we're going to be, I think, chatting about. Mm-hmm. We're going to be focusing on different Christmas songs, the, the good, the bad, the annoying. Yeah, absolutely. We'll cover the whole gamut. Uh, so let's take us out with a, uh, a classic, classic, obscure, <laughs> uh, 80s-rific 80s, 80s uh, Christmas song. Definitely 80s-rific, yes. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you.